listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome to the Maternity Rx Podcast on the Pharmacy Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle Plummer, pharmacist and certified doula. This series is to empower pharmacy experts to use their knowledge to improve maternal health, which is now a public health crisis. In fact, the United States has the highest morbidity and mortality rates compared to other developed countries. Pregnant women often fall into a hole in health care, especially antipartum and postpartum care, and pharmacy clinicians are perfectly aligned to fill this gap. Listen to each episode to hear about the exciting and innovative ways our colleagues have stepped up in this space. I do like to always say that everything I say in this podcast is strictly my own opinions and not a reflection of any company where I work. What would you do when you come from a background of solid business skills and healthcare expertise and then have a traumatic pregnancy? Well, if you're Nina Dartnell, you create a health and wellness business to change the landscape of maternal health. Nina has a master's in healthcare administration and is a certified pharmacy technician, a mother, pharmacy professional, functional medicine and wellness advocate and birth trauma survivor. She's also the owner of Prescribed Success, a coaching and consulting business dedicated to helping pharmacy professionals recognize the opportunities outside of the pharmacy in the wellness space. Nina suffered a traumatic pregnancy, birth and subsequent NICU stay, and is here today to talk to me about her journey into motherhood. So Nina, welcome. Thank you so much for taking time today to talk to me and have our audience hear your story and experience. So let's start by, tell me your journey into motherhood. Thank you, Danielle. I appreciate it. And yes, I'm excited to talk to you and talk to you about my journey. Um, So I luckily was able to, um, get pregnant on my own. So that's, I know that's always a a challenge these days. And with the, um, the help of a health and wellness expert, um, physician was able to balance hormones and, um, ultimately, you know, obtain pregnancy on my own. So that was a really positive thing. Um, in about 18 weeks, I, I learned I had gestational diabetes, which is typically quite early, um, but I had some risk factors and, and was continually testing myself and, and started to recognize trending numbers. Um, at 30 weeks, I ended up being hospitalized with a blood pressure of 169 over 110 and was on the antepartum floor um, of a hospital here in Boston where I live. And my pregnancy just started to really go downhill at that point. Um, I was told every other day I was going to have to deliver early. Um, I was put into labor and delivery ICU for um, beta-methasone shots for the baby's lungs and to be on an insulin drip. And so my my pregnancy just went up and down. And really, you know, at the end of the day, preeclampsia was the ultimate diagnosis. Um, And I, I, I tried to hang on for as, as long as possible, um, but my water broke and, and I had a baby at 33 and one, which by my, not by my choice, I ended up having an emergency C-section. And so um, that was just a trauma within itself. Um, the pregnancy was a, you know, a trauma and, and the birth was a trauma. 
Um, and I, I suffered, um, you know, a, a very traumatic birth in the sense that I wasn't able to see my child. Um, she was rushed right to the NICU, um, you know, after birth. And, you know, there were so many things that happened, you know, during that time. Uh, and, and then that subsequent NICU stay that, you know, you had mentioned, we spent 58 days in the NICU where my daughter actually um, got RSV while she was in the NICU. And I suffered four weeks postpartum with sepsis and had to go for another surgery to remove uh, retained placenta. So it was a very, very long, um, you know, journey into motherhood. And, you know, after being discharged from the NICU, um, my daughter suffered an apnea at home unresolved, and we ended up in children's, you know, hospital here in Boston for another 10 days where she had to be um, back on an NG tube and monitored uh, for continuous apneas. And so once we left, once we left children's hospital, uh, we, we actually came home to the start of the pandemic and the state being shut down. Um, so it was such a trying time. And, you know, when we talk about living on adrenaline, I think that's just exactly how I can explain it is that I was just living moment to moment, waiting for the next ball to drop, you know, going through RSV with a young infant that was born early with immature and premature lungs um, was just such a big hurdle to get through. And that, you know, overall was just a really hard and challenging time, um, you know, for myself and, you know, for my daughter. And I, I, I look back and say, I'm not quite sure how I survived that, <laughs> um, but it, it leads me to, you know, taking those challenges and, and learning and growing from them and being grateful for the fact that I'm alive and she's alive and she's well, but also reflecting back on how much trauma that was and how that the body needs to process that. And we, you know, I needed to process everything that I went through. Um, because there's so much more to the story than, you know, what I'm sharing with you, but just the little components of just even being told, you know, oh, you're going to deliver today. Oh, we're going to hang on a little bit. You know, liver enzymes were, you know, high today and, and, you know, the next day they weren't as bad. And so it was just, it felt a very, um, a process where people were not connected and we all weren't on the same page with you know, what happens. And, and the more I've come to talk about, you know, my birth story and my pregnancy and the NICU stay of just how much of a um, challenge, you know, it is here in the United States. And I think you mentioned something, you know, we have a pretty high mortality rate. And, and that's actually what I've been hearing um, is that almost seems that the interventions are maybe unnecessary and in some cases not not done quite enough. And so I know Danielle you and I have talked a little bit about that, you know, just in terms of you know what we're seeing um for maternal health and management and the the differentiation amongst um the different states and you know where you're being seen and how you're being, you know, managed through obstetrics um OBGYN seem to have very vast differences and differences of opinions on, on things like that. And I'm not here to get into, you know, specifics there, but I know Danielle, you've talked a little bit about that too. So that's a little bit about my journey into motherhood. Um, it's not one that I would wish on anybody else. <laughs> and certainly I, you know, I've taken what I've gone through and, and hopefully you've taken the best out of it and learned from, you know, most of it. 
Nina, it's, it's really just incredible. And I know it's difficult to take a journey that lasts over a year and put it into five minutes of time. When we talk about these journeys into motherhood, everyone enters pregnancy with a different set of expectations. But what I've learned from all the women that I've spoken to is that we have a thing called mom guilt. Society <laughs> has formed, right? Society has formed an idea where moms are supposed to glow and be happy. In each of our journeys, whether it goes to what you had mentioned, being able just to, to conceive, to be pregnant, the nine months, if you even make it, in your case, you don't. Mm -hmm. And we know, I still work as a hospital pharmacist per diem, how preemie these babies are now that we can keep alive potentially. Mm -hmm. When you and I talked earlier about what it's like to have a baby in a NICU, I fortunately did not have that experience. Every time you go back into hospital now in your role as a consultant, there is a post-traumatic stress. There's so much healing mm -hmm. mentally, physically, financially, the toll it takes on the family is just astronomical. And this is what's missing so much from our society in the United States, the morbidity and the mortality. And it's really just frightening. So you come from a very, very strong business background, as well as having been a pharmacy technician. So you looked at your experience you looked at how businesses are run. You looked at how healthcare should be and how you practiced healthcare prior to becoming pregnant and said, how did this happen? Tell mm -hmm. me about your business background and how you used this birth experience to create where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in pharmacy for, I'm not going to say how many years, <laughs> more than 20 years. And <laughs> Um, for the last 10 plus years have been on the business side of pharmacy. So um, with companies like McKesson and um, Medicine on Time and RX Safe and really on the business end. So consulting and coaching and sales and helping, you know, independent pharmacies and hospital pharmacies to grow and to remain, um, you know, extremely lean in terms of their operations and, you know, financial, you know, financial state. Um, with independent pharmacies, you know, helping them to grow revenue streams and be profitable and still meet the demands of the customers while dealing with, you know, PBMs and <laughs> DIR fees. So uh, when, when I came home um, from, you know, being pregnant and, you know, basically having to stop work, I, I sat and said to myself, I, I can't imagine going back to a role where I'm going to be on the road and, you know, we're in the pandemic. I, I just couldn't actually focus on that at all. And so I said to myself, and really this was after a year, my daughter needed way more care than I ever could have imagined. And, and I think Danielle, you know, you mentioned something like that, you know, we don't have good support at all. Right. So, so for example, all of a sudden we went from a two income household to a one income household during a pandemic where we were already strapped and with a sick child, you know, at home. And it just, it throws such a burden on you on top of having, so the financial stress and a burden of having a sick child. And, you know, I'm grateful I was able to stay home and be home because I was able to give my child the care that she needed and go through early intervention and go through PT and OT and speech and having her learn to bottle feed um, and get off of an NG tube. And so 
there's so many things I'm grateful for, but I had to step out of my business, you know, mindset. And when I came back to saying, okay, what can I do? I don't want to go back to a company where I'm going to have to ask for time off because my daughter just needed way more time from me. Um, I couldn't work full time and I didn't want to go back to traveling for work. And so I sat and said, you know, what am I really good at? You know, I have a strong pharmacy background. Um, I know pharmacy inside and out. When I finished my master's, I actually wrote my thesis on the changing landscape of pharmacy. And that was back in 2015 and where pharmacy was heading. And so I started to network and really connect with leaders in the pharmacy space, those pharmacists that had their own businesses and have grown and offer them sales consulting or sales coaching and see if they you know, were interested in bringing me on as their sales leader. And so that's how I kind of started building my own business, quote unquote, if you'd like to say, is just putting my services out there, working with people. And I really wanted to hone in on the pharmacy, you know, a pharmacist that wanted to get out of the traditional roles. I was actually not aligning with our current healthcare system, the way it was operating because of my own situation. I no longer wanted to be a part of healthcare. I never wanted to become a pharmacy technician again um, or work in the hospital setting or be in that space um, because I was just felt like it was, there was so much that was wrong, um, especially after dealing with the pandemic as well, seeing just the inadequacies of, of healthcare. Um, and so I, I really sat and just said, you know, how can I continue to grow my business? And while doing sales for some, you know, prominent, you know, pharmacists, I recognized that there was a big opportunity to help pharmacists exit pharmacy, but still use their knowledge and grow a business of their own that was more aligned with what they wanted to do in the health and wellness space. And so that's essentially how I started Prescribed Success. I knew I didn't want to go back to work for somebody else. I knew I didn't want to work full time. I wanted to spend this time with my daughter. And I knew that I didn't want to travel for work anymore. I had been doing that for about 10 years. And every one of us has different chapters in our lives, especially when it comes to pregnancy and motherhood mm -hmm. and raising children. So your chapter now, you have a baby who, thanks to your interventions and your knowledge of healthcare and business, is growing healthy. So how did you get into a space where you're stepping away from traditional medicine, you started to learn, what can I do to support my daughter now as a newborn, had been a preemie, had health issues to overcome so that she's caught up and developing on par now, because this is where you're combining not just business, but a type of healthcare that goes by many different names, some say alternative or functional or mm -hmm. integrative. Is that correct? Uh, tell yeah. us what you're doing with your daughter and how you're helping other pharmacists integrate that into their businesses. Yeah, no, I'm, and this is where my passion, you know, for pharmacy and business and, and wellness really come together. Um, and, and I'm still in the process of developing that. And so I, to back up in, in about 2014, um, I actually suffered from mold toxicity and it took me so long to figure out what was causing me to be so sick. I was so sick. Um, and that's when I found functional medicine. I was going to allergists and doctors and I was having all these symptoms and everybody just kept telling me, I, would, well, I definitely had an allergy to something, but they couldn't pinpoint what it was. And so 
my symptoms were so severe to the point where I was like, I am not living like this anymore. And so that's when I really started researching and tapping into, okay, is it something that I'm doing? Is it something I'm eating? You know, oh, and it's actually my home environment. So I went and had my house tested and it tested with high levels of mold. And so that led me on my journey to, okay, well, how do I get rid of mold in my body and what do I have to do? And um, it just went down a rabbit hole of understanding environmental toxins and the role that they play on the body and how they just really do a number on the body in terms of hormones. And so, you know, when I talked a little bit about my story in the beginning, I, you know, I wasn't able to get pregnant on my own until I got rid of that mold and until I really got my body back in balance. Wow. Um, and so that was really through the support of a functional medicine physician and balancing hormones and making sure, and that just opened up a whole new world to me that I became immersed in and really became knowledgeable on my own. I didn't go through the Institute of Functional Medicine or the Applied School of you know, Functional Medicine. I just learned on my own and I started learning about detox pathways and you know, the use of supplements to support the body. And, and so that just really started my love and passion. And so when I got pregnant on my own, I was so excited and I wanted things to be as natural as possible. So knowing me now that I fell in love with you know, functional medicine and wellness and holistic health. I ate really well, really clean. You know, I worked out all the time. I was a healthy person going into this pregnancy. And I thought, wow, I'm going to have a great pregnancy and I'm going to have a natural birth. And I, that's what I really wanted. Um, so I think something else that I've learned from this is learning to be okay when the unknown happens and being okay with saying this was not my birth plan, but it's okay to allow for, you know, intervention. And that's been a long journey of mine, you know, for healing too, is because nothing went the way I wanted it. I didn't expect to be diagnosed with gestational, which required insulin. Um, there was just so many things, even though I ate really well and, you know, saw the nutritionist and things like that. But when my daughter was born, you know, I was met with such um, objection about what I wanted to do. I wanted to breastfeed her. I was unable just due to the preeclampsia and the drugs that I had to be on, um, Lasix and Lebedolol, my milk wouldn't come in. Um, and so that was really sad for me. Um, she was on donor breast milk for a little while, and then they wanted to transition her to formula. And I absolutely did not want formula. And so, you know, just arguing with um, the neonatologists and the interventions and what they do and, and starting life off with quality, you know, ingredients. When she was born, she, she required two rounds of antibiotics um, because I had choreo. So that was part of why my placenta broke down and why I went into preterm labor and part of the preeclampsia. And so, mm. you know, these were all the things that just were completely out of my control. And that I think was the hardest part for me. Um, you know, I wanted to use vitamin C to help continue to, I was on IV antibiotics after I was, um, after I delivered for seven days and I wanted to add vitamin C and they would not allow more than 500 milligrams of vitamin C a day. Um, and so I had been, you know, coached on the use of high dose vitamin C and they would not allow that in the hospital. And so when my daughter got sick, you know, I wanted to, to intervene and they wouldn't let me, I wanted mm -hmm. to have a chiropractor and she was born with torticollis and, you know, she really needed some chiropractic care and they wouldn't allow a chiropractor into the, to the NICU. Um, so there was so many things. So when she did come home, 
um, I immediately switched her back to donor breast milk. Um, and she did, she, that's when she really started gaining the weight. Um, she could not handle the alimentum. I don't know who anybody who could actually tolerate that smell and would want to, <laughs> and would want to have that in their body. Um, to me, if you read the ingredients, it's corn syrup solids. And why should we be giving this to our children? And I understand, I'm, I'm not shaming anybody. For me, that wasn't a choice that I wanted for my child. Um, and so I worked with a holistic um, lactation specialist, even tried to relactate myself. Um, but after having the sepsis and then being on drugs again, um, medications again for, you know, the infection and Lasix, and I, I was not able to relactate. And so the be next best thing was donor breast milk that was dairy-free because she had a cow's milk protein allergy. And, you know, truthfully, at that time, when I first started it, I, you know, so many people question me, oh, you don't know where the milk's coming from. And I asked questions. I actually met a really awesome mom. She was a nurse anesthetist and she had a baby um, 10 days after mine was, was born. And she just was an overproducer. She lived about 35 minutes away from me and she fed my child until she was 18 months old. And I would never have met her if I hadn't reached out to the donor banks. And there's a couple of different websites, a Facebook pages called Eats on Feets. And um, I can't remember the other one, but they're both donor sites and Human Milk for Human Babies, sorry, is the other one. And those are donor sites, free breast milk donation. You can ask questions. Are you on any medication? You know, do you have any, do you use any recreational drugs? You know, are you, a, you know, do you drink alcohol? Like, and you have that choice to take their milk or not to take their milk. Is it pasteurized? No. Do you take it? No. On the, on the foundation of being, you know, uh, truthful to another person? Yes, you do. Um, but I've met some really great donors who were able to feed my, you know, child until she was 18 months old. And I'm grateful, forever grateful for that. Um, and that's where, you know, I started giving her supplements and vitamin D and vitamin C as probiotics to help rebalance the gut and try to keep her as healthy as possible um, as she, you know, grew up and went to school, you know, started preschool um, to, to be able to keep her as healthy as possible. And we have a nice regimen. I do use supplements. She has never been on an antibiotic since the time she was born. We've healed ear infections naturally. Um, we've healed, you know, a lot of, uh, she's gotten RSV, you know, two more times. Have we had to have interventions like nebulizers? Yes. Um, albuterol nebulizer is her best friend. She is an asthmatic now. And so I do need to turn to medications when needed. And I know the balance now before I was kind of so right-winged, if we'll say, <laughs> and, mm. you know, I feel like pharmacies left-winged and we haven't kind of found a balance. And now I feel like I have a really good balance because I have that knowledge from the pharmacy days. And I have that knowledge from now being in functional medicine. And I think that's truly important. And so, you know, you asked me, how am I merging all of this together? I've had so many moms come to me and say, you know, how, how, how did you start making changes? I really focus on nutrition with my daughter. Nutrition is so important. I cook our own food. You know, we, we have, you know, lots of grass fed meats and she has high quality nutrition and she has vegetables. I hide them <laughs> a lot in her foods um, to get them into her as she's gotten into her picky three, you know, three-year-old stage. Um, but nutrition is super important. And I truly believe, you know, knowing what I know today, I mean, she's never had to be on antibiotics and she's been a relatively knock on wood, healthy 
you know, child and toddler. And I'm grateful for that, for the knowledge that I've had. And I have some awesome functional medicine resources and folks that I work with um, that I, I owe it to them to have learned in this space and to also help my child when she's sick. Um, she sees a chiropractor every six weeks for adjustments. I think that's super important to keep the spine aligned. And um, I think that's something that we'll do consistently for the rest of her, you know, for the rest of her childhood. Nina, there is so much that I could unpack from this journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. And, you know, just on a personal, I actually donated my breast milk after my third oh. baby I was living. Yes. And this, yeah. I actually, I'm going to age myself. She just turned 18. So um, <laughs> this is not anything new for moms and, and pharmacists. Mm. I know, like we said, what we when we balance going to work, staying home, the needs of our children, the needs of our professional career growth, our self-identity, our financial futures, there's so much in there. And there's not one right thing for anybody. So if you are a mom no. who is working or for whatever reason happened like yours that you're not able to breastfeed, definitely look into that. I, I was living in Southern California at the time and it was just one yeah. of those things. It was, she was my third daughter. I, I was fortunate to be able to nurse all of them. I did on the flip side though, I was not able to work. I was a military spouse with a husband mm -hmm. who was gone all the time and a, a mom of three little ones. And that, that was just something that was so important to me. And they did, they scanned everything you just said, not scan literally, but you know, on paper, yeah. you, know, you know, so I'm really excited to hear that that space has grown. And just thinking now that's a space where if you are in the retail pharmacy world and you are talking to your new mothers and this comes up, oh, yeah. let them know that this exists. Cause I think there's just so many moms and so many pharmacists who can share that word that don't even know it exists. So thank you for bringing that up. That was not what I planned to talk about, but yeah. so, so important. So you were able I mean, your life just really turned upside down from being, wow, about the mold in your apartment. And I've met other people over the years who have had that. And to get that diagnosis correctly is extremely mm. difficult. And Very then to get hard. the treatment, what it's doing to your body to balance mm -hmm. that flora. Oh my goodness. That's a long journey itself to become pregnant. And then when you have a pregnancy that not, I, I mean, to say Dinko as planned is an understatement. It turns your world <laughs> upside down. Upside down absolutely change your tra trajectory of your professional growth as well. And now you have a daughter based on all this knowledge from sales, from healthcare, from your experiences that is developing just beautifully. You were able to combine that to create prescribed success. So where that started helping pharmacies with their sales now you have such an amazing space where women and their partners and the families really need your help. So what services are you offering now? So today I'm offering coaching and consulting. And so I, I have a couple of different revenue streams, um, coaching and consulting with pharmacy, you know, professionals that want to move the needle and, and they want to, you know, look at their, what their skill set is and say, what else can I do? What are my passions and how can I marry those together? That's first and foremost, the, the most, you know, the biggest component of prescribed success. Um, so coaching you into possibly moving out of your nine to five role or your hospital, you know, role and into a business where you can start and be successful. Um, and so everything from, you know, planning 
you know, a, a strategic plan about your business to how to get started and the steps to, to you know, be successful and, and be lucrative. Um, the second component is I am still doing sales. I am do, still doing sales for um, some pharmacy folks that have businesses and that are really trying to continue to grow their business. I am really um, I'm a I'm a professional in sales, as as they want to say it, and I'm really good at understanding the strengths and weaknesses of somebody who's looking to move into consulting or move into a different role. Um, so for some of those um, pharmacists that I'm working for um, and doing sales for, that's another revenue stream. And then the third piece, which I'm actually, Daniel, I didn't even talk to you about this, but since so many moms have come to me and said, you know, what, what can I do to help get my child a little bit healthier? And what, you know, yeah, pediatricians are great. And, and yes, but you know, you seem to have a child who's like really thriving. And I've started to look into that and say, yeah, you know what, I really just want to be able to field my knowledge. Um, and so I've actually started the, the wellness exchange and it's not perfected yet. And it's still not even live yet, but it's a start of a culmination of resources and things that I've learned. Um, the fourth part is also helping moms to recognize that birth trauma, NICU stays, you know, pregnancy trauma, it's it's real and it, it happens and to share your stories. And so at some point, I'd love to start some advocacy around, you know, birth trauma and, um, you know, traumatic pregnancies. I think there's just not enough, um, like you had said in the beginning, antepartum support, postpartum support, postpartum support, especially. And, and I'm seeing that, especially after the pandemic of how many moms suffered, myself included. Now, I'll be honest with you. I had terrible postpartum depression but it didn't hit me until about four to five months later. And my OB actually completely dismissed it and said, you're too far out from pregnancy postpartum. Mm. And I, I actually couldn't even combat that because I was like exhausted. The adrenaline is what was driving me, you know, and I was just starting to feel comfortable around like May of 2020. And that's when it started to hit me like May, June of 2020. And so, but we were in the pandemic and I didn't want to go see a doctor and it was telemedicine and how could they really, you know, see you? I don't even think I went for a checkup after that. (laughs) So, you know, it's so it's, but you know, there's so so many, there's so many things that I think we just, we lost, um, especially for postpartum support, how lonely it was to have a newborn and not be able to get it together with new moms. I missed out on all of that. Um, And I think, you don't realize that until afterwards, like you, you lost out on so much, you know, you lost out on meeting your baby for the first time and not being able to, to come home with your child. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it's been a lot. And so I've been on a healing journey and, and as I continue to heal, I hope I can help other, you know, women heal. So the wellness exchange is coming. It's been a culmination of resources And it's going to have a lot of my affiliate links. So I do work with a lot of supplement companies and promote them. And um, also just the folks that are in the space. So if you're looking for a pediatric pharmacist and you'd like to work with somebody because your child is on medications, I've created these relationships where, um, you know, because of my time in pharmacy that are really great resources to have, you know, like yourself as a doula, if you're looking for a doula in the area that you're located, I'd love to be able to support you. I am all about supporting other 
you know, women owned, you know, businesses that were all on the same mission, which is to improve healthcare, especially around for the maternal, you know, maternal and, and pediatric population. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I will add to that to make sure that no woman suffers alone, the loneliness. Mm -hmm. And I learned, cause I did not have C-sections. I learned when you get home, you're not even allowed to pick up your baby. You can't walk upstairs. You can't carry anything. Like how do you recover while taking care of a newborn, especially when that's been in the NICU and has recovery journey to be on as well. Wow. It really does take a village. And here we are bringing that village back. It's been gone. The guidelines from the major obstetric associations date back decades, many, many, many decades. We're on a verge of change now because unfortunately what's happened and where we are in maternal health in the United States and, and around the world as well. So here you are, Nina, thank you so much. I know it's not an easy story to tell. If anyone would like to get hold of you, how do they find you? Um, so I can be found on LinkedIn, Nina Dartnell, um, or my, my prescribed website, prescribed success website. So www.prescribedsuccess.com, or I am Nina at prescribedsuccess.com and feel free to reach out any questions. I'm happy to help support, direct you to the right person. Um, anything that you need, I'm, I'm here to help. Oh my gosh, truly amazing, truly miraculous and showing what we can do so that no other woman suffers through stories like Nina, you experienced. The support is there. Please reach out to Nina, reach out to myself because we are here for you. Nina, again, thank you so much. I am excited to see where this goes in the future and let all the pharmacists, pharmacy technicians, anyone in the healthcare space know you are not alone through your pregnancy and those patients that are coming to see us. We have that knowledge to help them as well. So please share if you found this informative and exciting and and know that we have this community. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you.